T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Welcome to Overnight America with Ryan Recker on KMOX. Sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts, michaelsflooringoutlet.com. And welcome back to Overnight America. I'm your host, Ryan Recker. Working on a couple of different things right here, and we're working to get our guests on the line. What an interesting type of show. So how about this? While we're getting our guests, I'm going to explain to you what the show is. It's called Undercover Billionaire. It's where different tycoons and different types of businesses, entrepreneurs and such, are trying to make a million-dollar company in 90 days with very little money, which doesn't seem possible. But joining us as one of those entrepreneurs she is a real estate developer, interior designer, builder, founder of House of Rock and Visionary. Elaine Kalati, thank you so much for coming on to KMOX. Hi, Ryan. How are you? Good. What can a fascinating me? idea. I, yes, I can oh, hear yeah, you. The, it's a the, good I, one. Yes, it is. I love the idea. And what a challenge. It seems like starting from scratch. This is, let me tell you what this reminds me of. It reminds me of when you start a new video game and then you beat the game and you're fine with that, but then you start it over again. So as an entrepreneur, you, you've already done all the hard work. You've gotten to the point where you're successful. And then the show, it's almost like starting from scratch again to see if you can do it again. That sounds pretty awesome. It's kind of like that. I mean, what's really important is that it's about existential wealth, right? It, it seems like it's about having a lot of money and having a lot of success. But truthfully, it's like when you don't have money at all, what do you have? What's your skill set? How do you rely on yourself and what can you do? That's, you know, that's what is your skill set that doesn't involve cash? And huh. how can you utilize what your best qualities are and your biggest skill set is and turn it into something that you can, you know, live off of, be sustainable? Yeah. The idea, I, I and love, the idea the is... Talent. Yeah. So what you're trying to do is find a way to build from just a hundred dollars in 90 days to see how far you can go with it. And is, is it kind of like a competition? It's a way where you're competing with other entrepreneurs to see if you can do it or maybe do it better than they can. Well, it's definitely not a competition. I didn't know about Grant and I did not know about Monique. Um, do what I do see in the show now that I'm watching it is that we all have three completely different styles of getting to the same end, um, mm -hmm. which is kind of interesting. Not to say that one is better than the other. Who knows? Because we're not there yet. Um, but there is a challenge. I mean, the challenge is, is obviously if you don't get to your goal, you have to write a check for the, the million dollars. 
which is pretty <laughs> terrifying. I mean, yeah, so it's one thing to fire. be in competition with somebody and not get a trophy. It's another thing to have to write a million dollar check. Yeah, that puts a fire under you to keep it going. Well, you got all kinds of other things that you're working on and, you know, you're in business for yourself and doing these other things. This has to take time away from that. So does that make it more difficult too? It absolutely was a big concession to leave. I had to think about like what that, what that meant. But for me, it was about seeing if I could do it again, of course, which you mentioned earlier, can I do it? And also, you know, the world was, was coming undone with COVID and I was, you know, terrified for young people starting out, my own kids buying real estate, every move that anybody was making. I was like, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, what's going to happen? You know, and going to Fresno and spending, you know, 90 days of my life to help, you know, some people turn their lives around and get really have something successful is nothing in the big picture. Right. I can do that. So I went, mm -hmm. I was, and I think everyone that I think everyone, if they were given an opportunity to do it, should do it. Yeah. Okay. So undercover billionaire, it streams on the discovery plus platform. It's Wednesday nights, eight Eastern seven central. And you can follow these different stories as everyone has different game plans. You certainly have your own game plan and Elaine Kalati joining us here. I think about this. It seems nearly impossible for anyone to say, well, I got a hundred bucks. I can turn this into a million dollars in the matter of a couple of months. That doesn't make sense to me. I, like how, how, how is that even possible? If you, if you took a um, hundred dollars and you got 10 people to, work with you and they all had a little bit of change in their pockets but they all had different skill sets and you came up with an idea right and you all worked together you could easily turn $100 into 1000 and then 1000 into 2000 and 2000 into 10000 it's all mm -hmm. about manpower and about brain power and it's not it's not impossible not only is it not impossible it's plausible, doable. We should all be doing it. I mean, I'm not saying that it's easy. I'm saying that a lot of effort has to be put in and you have to be focused and you have to set goals and you have to try to meet them. But it's doable. And it's mm. 100% the American dream. I think like everyone should own a piece of real estate and everybody should have a job that they feel safe and secure at. And everybody should have an opportunity to go to bed at night and feel like they had a really great day sustaining themselves, taking care of their families and all of those things. To say that, you know, what we're all here in the United States for is not possible. It makes no sense to me. It's a hundred percent doable, but it's yeah. not easy. And you know what this sounds like, and, and hopefully this doesn't sound too weird. Um, but what this sounds like is normally how someone pitches you to get into a get rich quick scheme. Like, Oh, all you got to do is invest this hundred dollars and then you got to buy all of this stuff. And then you got to invite all your friends over and do this. So normally what, what I read the premise of the show sounds like a way someone gets you inside of like a, a hotel room, like in one of those conference rooms. And then they try to pitch and get you all excited to sell snake lives or uh, knives or essential oils and stuff like that. But this is completely different, right? <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to like name names or anything, but I'm sure that there are but get rich, get rich quick business concepts throughout the show. Like, I mean, for sure. I mean, it's a part of life, right? It's as much a part of life as Vegas is a part of the United States. I mean, if you want to gamble, go there. But if you want to like work hard, come with me. I, I'm, I was, I was, uh, I, I'm not, you know, I'm, temptation is everywhere. Come on, Ryan. It's all over the place. Well, hard work is, 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 is just as available as temptation. 
Um, I, yeah. I'm very active in the business, and um, the reason I'm very active in the business is because there's real people involved with real brick-and-mortar structure, and there's real lives involved. And um, it's, it, I wish it was get rich quick. It's, it's basically get rich, get rich eventually, work hard now. That's, that's yeah. my, my tactic. <laughs> you, you know, sometimes the uh, path for people, they don't know that first step to take. They don't really know what they should do. Do you think they would get some of those tips if they watch the show, at least give them some direction of what a successful launch looks like? A hundred percent. There's these the, there's these bits in, of, of information that go, they're threaded throughout the whole show. They're called Sensei interviews. They named them that, I guess, in the previous series. And essentially, it's our strategies. And if you, I'm so glad they do it, Ryan, because I lost lots of my strategies in my head. And because I have to do these interviews, I have to take a minute to verbalize my strategy to say what I'm, what I'm thinking and why I'm doing it the way that I'm doing it. And those strategies are the tips for how my mind is getting to my goal, right? Mm -hmm. How, what's first, what's second, what's third, right? How, how far away am I? Do I need to change anything? Have I made out a good plan? Um, do I need more help? How am I going to get more help? These are things that I verbalize in these interviews, which become sort of the, uh, if you will, the, you know, the, the, the quilt of the journey. Mm -hmm. What's the uh, wrong advice? So someone thinks, oh, man, this is great. Uh, I can do it. And they, they want to try to do it in a way that you know is a mistake. What are, what are the, like, the, the wrong advice, the mistakes that you would tell people to stay away from? Well, I'm going to just, just to pull an old one out of my hat. Wrong advice is when it's unsolicited. <laughs> mm. <laughs> so mm -hmm. there's that. Um, yeah, you know, uh, advice from people that shouldn't be giving it. Um, I, first of all, it would depend on the circumstances always before you could ever advise or opine on anything. I would, I would never do that. Um, I will tell you that if you think that anything is easy and quick. That's a different model than my model. Um, yeah. It's all about hard work, effort, you know, hard, hard work and effort and follow through. Um, but the best advice I can tell you is have a good idea. And mm -hmm. once you have a good idea, then you have to believe in that idea and have confidence in that idea to be able to sell it. But the, it, everything begins with an idea. On your iPhone, when you type in the word idea, a little light bulb comes on. I love that. Huh. Isn't that neat? Uh, Elaine Kalati is joining us. Um, I no, I do like little little uh, gems like that, little motivator gems that may be sprinkled around your life, and you don't necessarily take the time to recognize. It. It's like stopping to smell the roses. Undercover billionaire. It streams on the Discovery Plus platform. You can find it Wednesday nights, eight Eastern, seven Central. And one other question I, I just wanted to ask you, because you are featured on a show like this and it shows you as an entrepreneur, you can do it, you can do all these things. All of a sudden, do you turn into a shark tank? Do people approach you all the times with ideas and asking you to help them? Um, well, I'm, I'm starting to feel some of that. It's very new to me. I just, I, I, I never had Instagram or social media. I have Instagram now. Which is, um, and so people do, they write things to you on Instagram, like, you know, hey, can I borrow some money or can you help me with this? And, um, and <laughs> to answer everybody is really hard, but I'm trying. Um, so, yeah, a little bit of a, little bit of a barrage of, you know, questions, but that's okay. It's kind of nice as long yeah. as, you know, I'm helpful. As long as I'm helpful. 
<laughs> this is good. Okay, so Instagram, <laughs> other places. If people wanted to find you or maybe reach out to you or, or just kind of see more about the show, what's the best places for people to find you? The best place to find me is on Lipstick Farmer on Instagram. Lipstick Farmer is like my little, that's my little house. And mm-hmm. it's really cool. And the reason it's Lipstick Farmer is because I'm, I'm one of the few big female farmers in California. And I'm into, you know, my tractor and my farm. So you can that's find great. me on Lipstick Farmer sitting on my tractor trying to answer, answer Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of uh, farm? What, what kind of farm do you operate? Um. I, I, it's not too big. It's only 40 acres. I grow mostly row vegetables. So the things that you would eat every day, like, you know, lettuce and, um, you know, tomatoes and lots of I, things on vines, um, every vegetable, you know, peppers, broccoli, yeah. broccolini, rapapini, all the Italian vegetables. I even grow mushrooms. I have everything. Wow. That sounds pretty awesome, actually. And uh, if you got a tractor, that's pretty great, too. Yeah, we have to have tractors. Yeah. You, know, I, you, you need them to pull things around and stuff, clean up the field. Yeah. yeah, I'm always amazed at the price tag on these tractors, and it's amazing the technology that they put into this. It's so funny because people have like a Green Acres type of feel when they hear, oh, you're a farmer with a tractor. But these things have the highest end technology of machinery. It's unbelievable. People don't understand what goes into uh, tractors anymore. Oh, they're incredible, right? I'm a, I'm a big fan. I've, I have a couple different things. I have a John Deere, but I also have a Kubota. It just, you know, they're all, they're, they're unique. Um, but I'm also kind of a, I like things that drive, you know, I can drive anything, anything. I can do three on the three. I can, I, you name it. I can, I'm, I'm a driver. I like, I, I had the, I had the, the incredible um, luck of driving a giant grape picker, which is, you know, this huge like caterpillar thing that you climb up on the top of and it has these big giant boxes that catch all the grapes and it has a, you know, uh, what do you call it? A conveyor belt that goes up and yeah. over and across, and and you only do it at night, and it's amazing. I got to, hmm. I drove an almond shaker. I had such a good time with the farming equipment in Fresno. <laughs> oh man, almond shaker sounds like a great uh, handle online. So if you're ever looking for a future one, almond shaker would be a good too. All right, shaker, so uh, one that more is time. Kind of a badass handle. <laughs> 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 All right. So if anyone wants to find you or the things that you're doing again, where, what's your social media handles where they can get you? It's Lipstick Farmer. Yeah. Easy to do that. And yep. Elaine Kalati, you can see her on Undercover uh, Undercover Billionaire. It's on the Discovery Plus platforms. Wednesday nights, you can see the new episodes on there. Undercover Billionaire. Thank you so much for coming on and talking to us on KMOX. Thank you so much, Ryan. So much. Thank you very much. Oh, that was a lot of fun. She joins us on the Bomberito Automotive Group guest line. Almond Shaker. I like that. I wonder if that's taken. I'm sometimes afraid to Google terms like that because they may seem innocent enough and they come up in conversation and then you search them and you think, oh boy, that's not what I thought it meant. We'll be right back. It's it's Overnight America KMOX. Listening to KMOX has never been easier. Siri, play KMOX. And welcome to Overnight America. Wow. So what an idea, taking 100 bucks and then finding a way to make it into something bigger than that. Doesn't that give you, in your imagination, all kinds of different thoughts? I think some people thought if they were to buy GameStop stock, that is uh, something that a lot of people were trying to dip their feet into the last couple of days. Um, a lot of people lost money. A lot of people were doing it just to stick it to the man. It wasn't necessarily about 
making uh, tons of money, but some people did. They played the system pretty well. And we had someone on yesterday from Bankrate who talked about how stocks are shorted. And I'm not an expert and I can try to explain it, but I'm probably going to explain it wrong. So you're not going to want to take financial advice from me. But the idea is there's a stock price. Some people bet that that price is going to go lower. So what they do is they bet on the price of the stock lowering. Now, if the stock goes higher, then they have to make up the difference as opposed to making the difference of it dropping. So we uh, people online started to see there was big buys into GameStop dropping. So they said, you know what? We're going to buy GameStop stock, which is a brick and mortar video game store. You go in, you buy video games, you can trade video games, you can sell video games, video game systems, things like that. Not, you know, for a long time, it was on the downhill, uh, kind of um, difficult in a digital world because so many of the things that are bought are coming in online or you're doing a digital download. So they were having a hard time really with their business model and they weren't changing it all that much. So what ends up happening is that people online said, no, we're going to buy GameStop and we're going to mess it to these hedge fund owners. So instead of them making millions and millions and millions of dollars on these things, we're going to have them lose money to show them that, hey, we can play this game too. And how about it? GameStop goes from like 20 bucks a stock to like 350. And even at last check, it was something ridiculously high. Let me see. GameStop stock price. Okay. Let's see where it closed today. $193. So still, if you bought in at $20 a share and still it's at $193, you probably made a lot of money. And what they're essentially saying is hold it, hold it, hold it. You got to wait till Friday to sell it because that's going to that's gonna give these hedge funds the biggest run for their money to show them, hey, you know what? We can play this game too. So there's a couple of things that have gone down since then. We find out that during the day today, there was a lot of concern on the market trading that they wanted to stop this from and halt this from happening because they looked at it as manipulation. And a lot of people were upset about that. Even some different stocks um, that you can purchase on an app called Robinhood, they came up and said, we're going to we're gonna stop allowing you to purchase these things. And that got people really upset. A class action suit has now been filed against Robinhood for restricting trading. And that's pretty, you know, when you're messing with people's money, you can't do that. Would any other platform be allowed to do that? Absolutely not. And you saw bipartisan people coming out saying, you know what, what do we care? You know, go for it. If if they want to invest their money and take that risk, they should be allowed to do it. They're doing nothing wrong by doing this. And it's so strange to see this as a bipartisan thing. Wall Street's scared. They're thinking, oh, what are we going to do? So coming up in the next break, I'm actually going to bring on someone that might be able to talk about this a little bit deeper, not necessarily from the X's and O's standpoint, but we're going to bring on someone that worked in the Trump administration as part of the Treasury Department and also the Commerce Department. And he said, this is part of a larger movement. What exactly is that movement? Why are people frustrated and what are they trying to do about it? So that's going to be a good interview. I saw something else too, and this is interesting. They wanted to halt GameStop stock, and they wanted to try to also stop this Robinhood thing. And people are starting to realize, well, this is interesting. Uh, the investors were furious because Robinhood, this app that people were using, may have been actually illegally selling the shares that belong to the investors that purchased them. And there's even a bigger connection here. Investors are furious at Robinhood and want the Biden administration to take action, but 
there is a connection to the Biden administration. His Treasury Secretary, Janet Yellen, has a personal interest in all of this. Apparently, Biden's secretary pick was paid over $800,000 by Robin Hood's biggest customer. So they wonder, wait a minute, did they step in? Could this be even bigger? Something perhaps from the Biden administration. Ooh. So we're going to talk about these things, too. What does this mean? Is there a larger populist movement around what's happening? And could this indicate the way that we look at Wall Street in the future could be changing? So we're going to talk about that next with our guest on Overnight America KMOX. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. News Radio 1120, KMOX, the voice of the Cardinals. What a wild, wild ride that we're seeing in Wall Street investing and the Internet and Reddit and individuals. And it's people losing their minds and loving what they're seeing, hating what they're seeing. There's just a wide range of emotions that are going on. So joining us now is someone that worked in the Trump administration at the Treasury Department and also in the Commerce Departments. With everything that goes on with GameStop, it's such a deep thing. What about the more cultural thing? Is this part of a bigger movement? Joining us is Adam Korzanewski. Thank you for coming on to KMOX. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so thank you for that. And I had a guest on yesterday from Bankrate who explained what was happening and why this what was going down. But in this case, I want to talk to you about something that may be a little bit larger, the the movement at hand and what you're starting to see people do. And it's great because people are really cheering them on. The only ones that hate it are these hedge fund managers that are losing a bunch of money at the moment. So uh, I want to kind of talk to you about the larger movement of what you think may be going on today with individual small investors that are doing something for themselves. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you know, ever since uh, the election, we've, uh, the regular people have uh, been very upset and, you know, this is, they're looking for ways in which they can, you know, win one over on the system. And, um, you know, with the last several decades of increasing financialization and, um, you know, the new apps and technology allowing people to trade stocks on their own, we're just seeing a natural consequence of that. 
And um, I think somebody was just enterprising enough that they looked at the short list um, and went after the uh, shortest list on the uh, on there and went after GameStop. Mm-hmm. So I don't understand how the short list works. Is there an actual, uh, I mean, an actual list somewhere that shows investments of people trying to short stocks and you can get an idea of the ones that they think are going down? Absolutely. Um, I'm not sure. Don't remember the, off the top of my head uh, the name of it, but there's uh, the uh, exchanges uh, report uh, what are like the largest held positions. It's uh, as part of a um, oversight mechanism, and so mm-hmm. um, you know somewhere along the line, somebody just looked that up and they saw GameStop um, being one of the longest, or pardon me, the shortest positions on uh, Wall Street. And yeah. It was domestic. So- and ultimately, what do you think the main goal of this organized movement to purchase the stock of GameStop was? Oh, it's it's to uh, throw a wrench in the system. It's to show that the people won't be pushed around quite so much. You know, if you would. Uh, so as we transition away from the crisis of the 2020 election and move into 2021, what have we seen is we've seen both cries for leadership on behalf of the regular people but also uh, a sense of frustration um, at the system. Like they did not feel like they're being represented and they're certainly not being represented on wall street. Mm-hmm. When you say they're not being represented on wall street. So a lot of times you would look at that and say, well, they weren't really, they weren't really doing anything, right? They weren't investing. They weren't playing the game to begin with. Why do you think people are jumping in this game? Are they, are they doing it as part of a way to mess with um hedge funds and things, or do you actually think that maybe this, there could be some long-term thing here where this could get more people interested and all of a sudden you have a lot more smaller investors inside of the market and this changes the game forever? Well, I think this is kind of a response to um, the consolidation of investors into fewer and fewer what are called institutional investors. Um, In order to uh, create a successful hedge fund that's sufficiently large, you have to have a track record that lasts a long period of time and for banks to consider you a institutional investor, uh, investment vehicle. So that's where these uh, funds get these multi-millions and sometimes multi-billion dollar investments. Um, so there's, there's been an increasing consolidation of that over the last several decades. And so uh, money has been more or less siphoned from the retail investor, which is the regular person who has like a stock account. And that, we're not talking pensions. We're not talking um, uh, 401ks, et cetera. Uh, but people able to trade on their own into these institutional funds. And, you know, people are, have a sense of frustration. And that's why it was so effective is that it only takes relatively few amounts of people to really kind of mess, uh, uh, mess up the trading volume for the day on any of these stocks. Um, you know, all the, there's extremely sensitive machines that are picking up uh, aberrations in trade. So whenever, you know, a few thousand people are putting long positions on a super shorted stock, all these machines are going to be are starting to freak out uh, these high frequency t- trading algorithms in New York City, and so they don't know what is going on, and so it creates an entire uh, string of chaos. It's a perfect storm, um, a black swan, if you will. Ah. Do you think that uh, the the people that are buying it right now, for me, I look at it and say it's kind of a fun ride to pay attention to this, and they may not necessarily understand what's going on, but they understand that people are doing this and they're on that side, so. 
what is the long term for something like this? Do you see them changing the laws to prevent things like this from happening? Do you see um, them just living in fear because, you know, any other time something shorted, they can wonder if the Internet's going to rise up against that, too? I think what we're going to see is a crackdown on uh, regular retail investors. I think there's going to be increased accreditation requirements, um, increased uh, identification requirements, so they could possibly per, uh, prosecute or persecute um, actors, uh, even if they're not bad actors. Um, you know, and I saw this when I was at uh, Stolen Treasury Department. We had the transition team from the Biden administration there. And the level of uh, seething hostility that they had um, was palpable. And they see these kinds of activities by regular people, and they, they're, they feel personally threatened by it, like, even though they will never see any single one of these people. It doesn't really affect their retirement, nothing like that. But they, they are personally offended by these acts of uh, small, relatively small resistances to um, you know, their globalist, uh, neoliberal uh, designs. Wow. You know, I um, was able to catch Rush Limbaugh's program a little bit today, and he's loving it. I was listening to him break it down. Um, You see, almost in a bipartisan way, a lot of the different senators, congressmen and women, they're all for the individual investor to be able to make these sort of uh, calls and and do this sort of thing. You see just regular everyday people enjoying it. And then the CEO of Robinhood or whoever goes on, and then there's these hedge fund CEOs or whatever that go on TV, and they make it sound like these people that are doing this are the biggest criminals in the world. And it's amazing. Um, like go back maybe 10 years ago and there was those whole wall street, um, you know, the 1% protest and things like that. And you looked at it and you're like, okay, whatever. It doesn't have that sort of feel to it right now. It feels like the people that are doing this have some skin in the game. They actually want to do something. They're actually doing something productive for themselves because they are investing. Um, this, this, I think this sort of thing should be encouraged. I'm actually enjoying watching something like this. Absolutely. You know, the part of the danger is that you don't want to be giving investment advice um, just because of the regulations around it. But, you know, at the same time, these people are playing skin that game. They are literally standing out there on a digital barricade and saying, like, no, we don't we we're not going to tolerate this behavior by Wall Street and um, the um, the federal government at this point. Um, and so, you know, they are putting real skin in the game. It's you're very right on that element. And uh, it's it's going to be it's going to be shocking. I think they're going to they're still not sure what to do. But you got to think about just going back to the CEO of Robinhood. This guy is a, a person that uh, exists merely um, as a uh, publicity tool. It's still a company that's invested by venture capital funds like Sequoia Capital, um, and they're hoping to get an IPO, which is when the company goes uh, public on you know, a stock trade. So he's mm-hmm. taking orders to say these things. That's why you see like they've had such a dysfunctional response to all this. And the, the reality is that he's, he's not even in control of his own company. You know, there's people behind him who are uh, telling him what to say, what to do, and all this. And they're the people who are actually threatened. They're the people whose personal money is in these hedge funds that, um, that are reacting or overreacting somewhat to the circumstances. Yeah. So, um, the kind of interesting thing with all of this is the question of future uh, regulation on the markets. Do you feel like there's going to be anything that is done in the future that may prevent something like this from happening? Absolutely. I think they're going to require the 
the easiest way thing that I think they can do is to uh, make you have to verify your address when you're creating these uh, accounts so that they can easily, more easily find you. Um, so it's much more difficult to um, do these activistic uh, investments. And it, it's going to be, it's a scary time in America. Like a lot of these uh, Patriot Act and anti-money laundering tools that the United States government has developed are going to be used towards the regular person. And it, I don't want to sound like I'm being an alarmist, but this is, you know, the same trajectory that we saw during the Obama years that got stopped because they, they didn't realize how much time it takes to actually uh, finalize these regulations and rules that the Biden administration is kicking into overdrive to make sure that they can do it. Um, and so they're going to they're going to find very creative ways to uh, crack down on regular people using uh, these sophisticated anti-money laundering tools that they traditionally use for the cartels and the mob, um, oh, such as wow. being able, having to report your address, of, uh, like your physical address at the time of trading. Um, so, you know, I you know, that's the thing is I, I definitely applaud the people who are uh, looking who are looking to engage in this. Um, I'm I'm personally genuinely concerned. Um, for their well-being. And, you know, I, I think that, you know, as long as you're not going to be connected with any sort of organized effort, you'll be okay. But at the same time, it's like there's tons of people who put their actual name onto these things. So what happens, like, it, it, when you say it right now, you, you uh, when you do a trade, are you saying that that information could be publicly accessible in the future? Well, the, so the... Technically, the federal government receives all that uh, through um, through the clearinghouses, through the exchanges, uh, through the brokerage firms, and through um, you know eventually it gets reported all the way up to the FEC. Treasury can access it. There's a variety of places that it goes to. But for right now, for retail investors, for the most part, it's kind of like it just kind of exists out there, and it's not something that they, uh, the, the federal government really monitors because that's not really the people that they're worried about. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, for them, it's just a matter of you know, hiring a couple thousand extra people um, and putting in a very sophisticated artificial intelligence to yeah. do it. And uh, I'm, I'm genuinely trying to not be alarmist here. It's just that, you know, I, I think we're, especially given the fact that uh, a lot of the Biden administration leadership that we know of uh, so far have very tight connections to um, Wall Street, mega corporations, and things like that, that they wouldn't necessarily be above using some of these uh, sophisticated tools that are tr- primarily designed for combating uh, organized crime against regular people who just happen to be communicating about trades on Discord or Reddit. Discord being a uh, voice chat uh, system yeah. originally designed for video gaming. Wow. So that's concerning, too. Um I think that the way that the government abuses other of their powers and the, the way they've abused them in the past should concern a lot of different people in the Absolutely. future of uh, investing. And it shouldn't be a game where you have to be the head of a hedge fund in order to get in and try to make something of yourself. It shouldn't be like that. Uh, it's, it is concerning. Yeah. Well, um, if people wanted to learn more about this or maybe find out, I don't know if you have a blog or social media or anything where people can look you up. Um, I only have a Twitter right now. It's the Adam K 12, uh, because my last name is long and full of, uh, full of, uh, hard syllables. But for the, right now, <laughs> it's, a lot of this is uh, changing by the minute. Um, you know, earlier today I had one plan to say one thing and now I'm 
have to kind of change things just based off of the changing of the news. And, you know, tomorrow things shift so rapidly. I mean, we're almost 29 days into um, 2021, and literally it's, it, it's the craziness keeps uh, moving on and moving on. Um, I, I remember I, I live in Washington, D.C., and I have to go through military checkpoints. So I don't know where the future lies, but I'll try to get more information out there for the regular consumer. Yeah, it's it's tough. Uh, you go online and you see people trending certain things. I love to see the different Twitter accounts. Like, uh, is who's the guy at Barstool Sports? Is it David Portnoy? Or David um, Portnoy. Yeah, yeah, he's been great. I love reading his stuff, and he is just like trying to cut through all of this. And I love to see people rooting for the underdog, rooting for the small guy that wants to be able to try to get a little bit for themselves. And they're actually doing it for themselves. They're not just asking for it. They're out there trying to do it. And it, I love to see the the criticism and people understanding the system and understanding more about how this works because ultimately speaking it shouldn't be something that they are left out of it's, it, it shouldn't be something that is behind a veil and they'll never be able to access so i like i like that this is going on right now this isn't the worst thing absolutely. that could happen in 2021 <laughs> absolutely well you know and that's the thing is um there's a lot of a lot of issues economically speaking going against the regular working class person and you know at least people are trying to take a stand you know, peacefully against it. And, um, you know, I, I do applaud the people. I, I do worry about them. But hopefully uh, enough lawyers will mobilize to uh, prevent any sort of uh, real backlash. But it seems like the Biden and people so far are pretty flat-footed about this. So we can hope that that continues. Yeah, and let's hope, too. Uh, I saw there's a class action suit now going up against Robin Hood. How scary is that, that someone that involves themselves in trading of stock would not allow you to do that? And then sometimes uh, there's instances of them selling it without your permission or whatever. That should be a huge no-no. So that there's all kinds of questionable things going on where they step in and try to prevent you from doing something that is legal. They shouldn't be doing those sort of things. There's all kinds of different storylines with this. So, again, one more time, I know your uh, last name is a little bit long and hard to pronounce adam korzanewski if you're uh, if you're on uh, twitter what's your twitter handle again it's at the adam k12 the adam k12 on twitter you worked in the trump administration yep. part of the treasury department and the commerce department hey thank you so much for coming on and talking about the greater movement here tonight on kmox thank you thank you very much for your time and Adam Korzanewski, uh, the Adam 12 on Twitter, joins us on the Bomberito Automotive Group guest line. The more I learn about this, it's been fun to read the reaction online. Honestly, it has been a lot of fun to to watch all of this go down. And I know it's not over yet, but I think when you start to push back on a regulation standpoint, you're going to find that the counterweight to all of this will push back even harder. So what do you think is going to happen in the future? How, how un much uncertainty will there be for individual investors as they just wait for the next opportunity because they want to get in on whatever that GameStop is going to be or whatever that uh, cryptocurrency is going to be or whatever that fill-in-the-blank investment is going to be where someone finds themselves getting a check in the mail and they're like okay i'm gonna spend this on whatever what's that what's gonna happen then i mean this is uh this is really a crazy time so it's fun in fact i enjoy watching it this is overnight america kmox now back to overnight america on kmox sponsored by michael's flooring the flooring experts michaelsflooringoutlet.com 
Overnight America continues. What a fascinating thing. I love reading about this. I really do. And seeing and talking to guests about what's going on with people buying GameStop and stuff. <laughs> and AMC and some of these other stocks that people are involved with. Yeah, if you go online, you can check it out for yourself. I, I wanted to bring this up. There are so many different people frustrated about different things that might not be exclusive to the whole uh, financial system. It could be upset still about the virus and kids out of school and how are they going to make up for this and falling farther behind in Virginia. There was a parent that went off on this, uh, Loudoun County school board and the video is now viral. He gets up and he only gets about what a minute to speak his mind to the school board. And man, did he make a good minute out of it? Tell me if this doesn't resonate with you if you have kids that are just still being held out of school you should all be fired from your day jobs because if your employers knew that you were more inefficient than the than the dmv you would be replaced in a heartbeat i literally just finished a conference call because i'm having to multitask to be here to to address you guys you're a bunch of cowards hiding behind our children as an excuse for keeping schools closed you think you're some sort of martyrs because of the decisions you're making when the statistics do not lie that the vast majority of the population is not at risk from this virus the garbage workers who pick up my freaking trash risk their lives every day more than anyone in this school system figure it out or get off the podium because you know what there are people like me and a line of other people out there who will gladly take your seat and figure it out it's not a high bar raise the freaking bar <laughs> oh, man. i'm going to give staff an opportunity to make sure that um the podium and microphone have been please wipe it down ahead of time please because we don't want anything to infect us sir your time is finished can you please leave the know, boardroom it's okay don't worry thank you i'll be back next time in the next time He's walking out. He's still yelling on the way out. We may have a new sound clip that we can use on the show. Figure it out. (laughs) This really escalated. I like that he went from angry to, uh, well, no, actually it started with aggravated to angry (laughs) to very angry to I'm just going to go in full blast. Let it go out. Figure it out. Or get off the podium. Because you know what? There are people like me and a line of other people out there who will gladly take your seat and figure it out. (laughs) I love it. I love it so much. And guess what? Keep the seat warm. I'll be back next week. (laughs) You know, the CDC is actually putting plans together, reopening. This is something that should have been done a long time ago, uh, the, the reopening plans. And I think that... School districts, if I know correctly, some school districts are starting to figure out the five day or four day a week, whatever it may be. Instead of uh, some do the virtual in person learning mix, some still do all virtual. There are even some places that do in person. And I think that a lot of them are getting more comfortable realizing that we've gone a full half a year with the virtual in learning or whatever. And things are, I think they figured it out. They got an idea of how to handle this sort of thing. And they want to open things up. This should have been done. This shouldn't have been politicized. This should have been done before the election. This is, I don't know why they waited till like right now to do this, because I don't know if any research or anything else has changed since then. MSNBC had Dr. Fauci on to talk about it. 
Does he support getting those kids back to school? So what is your messaging on schools, knowing well that it changes from community to community? I understand that. But broadly speaking, should schools be open? You know, I would back the CDC recommendations because that is really based on data. We didn't fully appreciate that early on. But the fact is that when you look at a community and look at the penetrance of the virus in the community and its spread at the community level compared to the school in that community, it's less likely for a child to get infected in the school setting than if they were just in the community. So, yeah, I know. You know, Fauci could have just brought this guy on. Figure it out. That would have been it. That's all I need is get him in there and get a little fire going. Figure it out. All right, we're going to take some of your calls. Let's get the weekend started right next hour on Overnight America KMOX. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.